This is from Mark chapter 13. But in those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then everyone will see the Son of Man arriving in the clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send angels, and they will gather his elect from, our, from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. Learn this parable from the fig tree. Whenever its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things happening, know that he is near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But as for that day or hour, no one knows it, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son except the Father. Watch out, stay alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey. He left his house and put his slaves in charge assigning to each his work, and commanded the doorkeeper to stay alert. Stay alert then, because you do not know when the owner of the house will return, whether during evening, at midnight, when the rooster crows, or at dawn, or else he might find you asleep when he returns suddenly. What I say to you, I say to everyone, stay alert. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Uh, perhaps a little context would have uh, been appropriate when I talked about Rebecca there. She's gone this week. That's the issue. She had an opportunity to uh, go back to Colorado, uh, one, to, see, uh, to, to uh, be a, attend a funeral um, of a close friend of her sister's that she also knew well, um, but also uh, to see her parents, who, whom she has not seen for a year and a half. So uh, at gunpoint, I decided I'd allow her to go. It's amazing, right, how, how sensitive I am? No, uh, so that's the context of why I said that earlier. Um, okay, here we are in Advent. It's week one, and I love Advent because of the, of the themes that are just repeated every year. And one of those things is that uh, we start the entire Advent. The whole uh, season begins with this reflection, uh, not on the coming birth of Jesus, which is the Christmas season, but on his return, his second coming. And so I love that idea because it really kind of puts us in the proper, I think, perspective to not only relate to those people who were expecting the first coming, uh, because they uh, were a little surprised, I think, about how everything unfolded, but also for us, because I think we will be surprised uh, a bit in the second coming. So uh, here we are, stay alert. Um, a lot of times, you know, as a pastor, you're trying to come up with a, a sermon title and you're kind of going through different options. Um, but uh, one of the things that they teach you, this is, this is uh, preaching 101, uh, if something is repeated, go with that. And stay alert, <clears throat> excuse me, in these, four, in these couple of verses was repeated four times. Stay alert, stay alert. Stay alert. Stay alert. Uh, and so I decided that would be a good name for our sermon this today. Stay alert. And what do we, should we be staying alert for? Well, one of the things that I was reflecting on this week is this idea of, do we actually anticipate a second coming? 
Uh, and when we think about the words of Jesus, I think we have to reflect a little bit and pause to consider that the second coming is real. It's tangible. Uh, just like the first coming was pro- uh, prophesied many years in advance, uh, and, and there were generation after generation went through this, well, is he really going to come? Is the Messiah going to come? Uh, same with us. Many generations have passed, but in those intervening years, we should never lose the conviction that the second coming of Christ is going to happen. That'd be a good place for an amen. Amen. I mean, the second coming of Christ is going to happen. Amen. That is so important. And, and for, for generations, the church has been professing this in our creeds. Look for it in the creeds. He is coming to judge uh, the living and the dead. Uh, and so we should have this expectation of a very real second coming. And I think uh, what's, what happens, I think, particularly for the Western mind, or for the generations that have gone before us and this time gap between the two arrivals, I think what, what happens is we kind of lose this idea of going, well, okay, it's just something we say, but I don't know if we live with the expectation that he is actually coming back. And because of that, I, I, one of the reasons I think for that is we live in a material world that is affected uh, by, or perceived by our five senses. Well, the spiritual world, as we have been communicating, is... Uh, it undergirds, it intertwines, and it, it, it's just all around us. And so we have to remember that as though we are bound by our senses in the physical world, we must always remember that there is a spiritual world engaging us. And if we lose sight of that, perhaps we might lose the reality of a second coming of this wonderful kind of spiritual principle, but he's coming also in the physical Right? I mean, this is one of the, the, the great sacraments that we believe in, is the second coming, the spiritual Messiah coming in the flesh to return. Uh, it's very similar, obviously, to the first coming, this incarnation that has happened. The Word of God, this kind of nebulous phrase or thought when you think about it, this power, but it's a personal power. It's not just some random power like the Force in Star Wars, no, it's very personal power, the Word of God. Now, I'd like to give you a little kind of thought, an illustration of what that might look like. Uh, think about the Word of Brian. I just want you to think about the Word of Brian. Like, what do you guys think of when you think of Brian's words? Like, you're going to probably think of some sports like Eagles and Virginia Tech. You're probably going to think of, well, hopefully you think of some, some Bible stuff. Uh, I, I hope you think of just some ah, thin mint cookies, maybe, perhaps. <laughs> right now, imagine if all of those words became flesh and were standing in front of you. Th- th- those words becoming flesh, and that person then would be a perfect representation of who I am. He'd be standing here in an Eagles jersey with a Virginia Tech visor holding a box of thin mints. And he'd be like, come, hear the good news. Right? Yes, exactly, and he'd probably be saying, life, exactly. There's all kinds of things that he'd be repeating uh, that I say over and over, right? That's in some senses, now imagine those words living eternally prior to becoming flesh. Now you're beginning, it's it's a bad illustration, 
but you're beginning to sense who Jesus is. He eternally existed as the Word of God, and he was a person. And he's in, Colossians says about him, all things, the distance of the galaxies to the very small inner parts of our being are held together by him. And then that, that person, that personal power, became flesh. Talk about a sacrament, right? That, that combination of the spiritual world and the physical world, that's Jesus. He's no ordinary man, though he is flesh and blood and a man. He is also a king. And he came and he gave us the Jesus way, as I refer to it, talking about how his kingdom would engage with us. And part of his words were, I will be back. I will return. And so as we think about this season, I want us to, to re-engage, not just in our head, but in our heart, with this expectation of the second coming being real, being true, being something that we don't just profess in our creeds, but that we believe in our expectations and affects our day-to-day -day life. If he is really coming back, then what should we do? Well, one of the things is we should listen to him and stay alert for his return. It is real. Secondly, there will be signs. Now, this passage doesn't really elaborate on the signs, but multiple passages do. And we can think about all those different passages. This one talks about the heavenly realm, or even, and when I say heavenly, I don't even mean the spiritual. I mean our skies, talking about the moon and the stars and and this story that is unfolding. And as, as, uh, as, as weird as it may sound, astrology actually has a little bit of truth to it. I believe that it is the corrupted version of the real story that's at play. And so when you think about astrology and you think about the story that is unfolding in the skies, we unfortunately don't have the real story. But we see glimpses of it in Scripture. Imagine if you were living in Palestine, in, in Israel, back in, in the first century. It's pretty hot over there. Have you been in the summertime? It's pretty warm. Do you know where you sleep uh, uh, there? On your roof. And so your television is the stars in the sky. And Jesus, uh, he talks about this. He says there is a story that is unfolding in the sky that you should have known, you should have been expecting. Think of the wise men. They understood that a story was being told and, and that a star was going to lead them to this promised Messiah, this announcement of his birth. Well, again, we have a corrupted version of it. I, I don't know what the real story is, but, but even in this passage, it talks about how the stars and the moon, things are going to be happening there. And there are to be signs to us, signs to us of what is, is about to unfold. Other signs from other passages talk about calamities, uh, calamities that are happening over, uh, uh, all over the globe. Well, like, it can't possibly be, be now. Oh, wait a minute. There are calamities happening all over the globe. Stay alert, right? Because at one point, these birth pains is what they're referred to as. At one point, these birth pains, something's going to come, a child, a child who is now a king, and he's going to return, and he's going to bring with him peace. So we have this, this reflection as we think through this Advent season to be prepared to, to learn our expectations and 
to stay alert. Stay alert. The second coming is real. Stay alert. There will be signs, and we should try to, try to examine those signs in Scripture. One, uh, third thing, stay alert. God's promises will not fail. That is good news. And when I say that, what, I, what I'm referring to is this, this section in this passage where he says, my words, uh, things will pass away, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Well, think about the eternal nature of the word of God. So that as he speaks, he is speaking the truth of God. Of course, none of those things will ever pass away. And so when Jesus says, I will return, oh, you can take it to the bank. He will return. Think about the promises that have unfolded from Genesis all the way to Revelation that have already been completed. He has been faithful to the promises that he has made already to his people, and we can be sure that he will be faithful to complete the ones yet unfulfilled. And so, stay alert. His words are never going to pass away. Stay alert. His promises will never fail. There's some personal application for you in that as well because he promised to be with you. As you go through this season and you, you hear that word, Emmanuel, every time you hear that, you should feel like God is hugging you because that word literally means God is with us. And so we have this, this, this comfort, regardless of whatever you are going through, financial, relational, physical, whatever the stresses may be, God is with us. Yes, we're going to experience some birth pains before this beautiful delivery. This beautiful baby, this king, will return a second time. Stay alert. Finally, I think uh, one of the things that is referenced in this parable is be about kingdom business. That's the reason why we should be staying alert. So that the Lord does not find us asleep. No, but that we are, we are doing what? We are about kingdom business. And if you wanted to sum up kingdom business, I'm sure you could all realize what that would be after so many times that I've said it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. If you are not doing those things, you are considered asleep. Asleep. And, and, and when the, the king returns, he doesn't want to find you asleep. He wants you to find you being about kingdom business. And being about kingdom business means that you are about other people, right? The people in your pews, the people in this church, the people in our community, that you are about kingdom business. Not for your own righteousness, as the one reading talked about. Our own righteousness is like filthy rags in God's sight when we do it for somehow to say, oh, look at me, everybody. Look, look how I'm about kingdom business. No, that's self-righteousness. No, we do this as a response to God's goodness and the promise that he has given us this grace in our baptism and uh, fortified in the fellowship at the table as we come with hearts that believe in faith. This is, the, this is the gospel. And so we respond with that and we go, oh, now I have been empowered to be about other people. So stay alert. Continue to be about other people. This is the, this is the Advent season. As we think through this stay alert theme that is every, every first advent of every year, I think we are reminded for that, 
to stay alert because it's so easy to fall asleep. Think about the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus said, can't you just stay awake for a little bit and pray for what's about to unfold? And, and what did they do? They, they fell asleep. There's a famous mus- musical prophet in the 1970s. You may have heard of him. His name is Keith Green. And he had a song called, Asleep in the Light. It was a prophetic song that was speaking to the church and rousing them to be awake, to not be asleep in the light and somehow forget about the task at hand being about other people, being about the kingdom business of loving others as much as you love yourself. As you do that, you will be able to reflect God's love to a community that is in desperate need of hearing this gospel. Asleep in the Light, the song that talks about how we, we've forgotten our neighbor, that we don't invite them to church, that we don't invite them to, to be in relationship with one another. Well, what are you going to do this season? You've got this Advent season that should spill over into the rest of your life. Are you going to be asleep in the light, or are you going to wake up, stay alert, and by staying alert, be about other people? Be about looking around your circles of relationships, your family, your friends, your neighbors, and your coworkers. Uh, Taking that forgiveness that you've received from God and extending it to them that they might be able to somehow catch a glimpse of the good news of the gospel. That you look around and you see who's not fed, who's not clothed, who might need a friend or a phone call, a little note or a letter, or even an email. A text message that is just a reminder that they're not alone in this world, but that Emmanuel has come. He is God with us. Each of us will have that opportunity through this season where the Holy Spirit will come and nudge us. Will you be awake? Will you stay alert to those opportunities for the Holy Spirit to use you to be the hands and feet of Christ, to be able to reach out and be about his kingdom business? being about others and expressing God's love through you to them. After all, if you think back to your own story, somebody else was awake for you. Somebody else was awake one day for you that you might be able to have sensed that same love of Emmanuel, God with us, that you were able to respond to that that beautiful gospel invitation. Do the same. Uh, as, as Jesus says himself, stay alert, stay alert, stay alert, stay alert. Father, we are sleepy creatures. In our flesh, we just tire out so easily. And the task seems at times daunting. Father, will you empower us through your spirit that we might be able to cooperate with him, that we might be able to reach our family, our friends, our neighbors, and our coworkers with this needed invitation of the gospel. Not only a proclamation of your love, but also a touch of your love. May you empower us this season and even beyond to be able to carry out Uh, your business. We ask these things in Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.